What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning back in to Impactful Conversations. Um, we really appreciate all the feedback, all the support, all the criticism, um, anything to make this better for you guys and for the listeners. We really appreciate um, so today's guest is the great and powerful Sarah Strake. She was an incredible person to talk to. She's a veterinarian um, in the Massachusetts area and has some really, really interesting stories. I think you guys are really, really going to like this. And uh, again, any kind of feedback or information you guys have for us, please let us know. Um, but until then, here is Sarah Strake. Three, two, one, and we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode number nine of Impactful Conversations with Trevor Paul and today's guest, Sarah Strake. She is a veterinarian in Quincy, Massachusetts. So, Sarah, welcome on. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yay. Glad to have you on, Sarah. (laughs) So to get started, yeah, I mean, so I know Trevor knows you. I don't really know much about you at all, right? So just kind of, you know, give me a little bit of background information, you know, where you grew up, where you're from, you know, a little bit maybe about your family yeah. and stuff and just we'll kind of This go is a blank there. slate. I could make anything up and you wouldn't know. You could. Just be <laughs> you totally could. You absolutely and, could. And, you know, go out. I'd have to come. fact check you on some things there. <laughs> Fair enough. Just as long as you say it convincingly, right, I'll believe it. That's I promise. Exactly. Fake until you make it. So, <laughs> right. So I am thirty years old. I'm from Long Island, New York, originally, and I came up to Boston for undergrad. Went to Boston College and met Trevor's lovely wife, Amy, and so that's how we connected. Um, and let's see, I pretty much stayed up here, you know, after, after college, loved it up here. Um, you know, met my husband, we stayed in the area, had took some time to figure out what I really wanted to do with life. Didn't want to be a vet until I was like 25 and decided wow. after school, I was going the psychology route of things thinking, I don't know, maybe I'll, you know, be a counselor or a therapist and, and go that route. But then decided that wasn't for me and started shadowing at a vet clinic and loved it. And then decided to, you know, get into taking the classes and all the prereqs and things that you need for school. Got into school and went to school and here we are. It's been a, it's been a crazy you know, last 10 years. So, so you, wow. So you decided to be a vet really yeah. late. What made you want to do that? Was it like, you always had a love for animals yeah. or was it just, I mean, I've always where, loved animals yeah. for sure. Actually never had any growing up surprisingly, but I always loved them. Wow. And I um, always loved my friends, animals and everything. And my husband's mother is a vet. And so, um, she kind of, you know, fostered my curiosity and was like, Hey, come shadow. Maybe it'll be something you're interested in. Cause I always liked like medicine and science and things. And, I was like, yeah, let, let's check it out and really, really loved it. You know, it's a great kind of balance. I found it a great balance of like science and medicine, but also working with people, which I, I really have always liked. And so, yeah, that kind of, you know, sparked my interest and decided to go for it. So, so I, that's a, that's a great segue that you bring in your husband, because I would like to talk about like, so where did you all meet and around what time and where were you at traveling-wise um, 
in like you you both getting together and, and, and whatnot? In Australia, actually, when we were 20. Uh, we were studying abroad wow. and um, not, well, not really studying at all. It was like this wild semester, just like, you know, partying and like, you know, hanging out by the beach and, you know, it was just fun. It was just a great, great semester. Sounds like my kind of studying. like, oh, I'll show you study abroad. And I like convinced my parents because I was like, oh, you know, they speak English so I can this to count for, you know, my major and all this stuff and it'll be great. And then I was just like you know, having the best time ever over there. So it was great. Um, so we met in Australia um, and, you know, we lived there for five months. So in Sydney, actually, which is amazing. I don't know if you guys have ever been. Oh, nice. I was going to ask you yeah, and Trevor, I know you love Sydney. So, so it's, it's a cool, really cool city. I, yeah, I've never been to Sydney. I've been to oh, Tasmania, really? actually. So, but not so you've, Sydney. you've been yeah. over there, but just Which Tasmania? I know. Or? Just Tasmania, cool. yeah. So um, I was in Tasmania visiting... Um, my girlfriend and she was an au pair for eight months. So I visited her and basically had free lodging and That's free so car. Cool. So it made perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love the connections here. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's a really, really cool part of the world. Honestly, we, we loved it. And I mean, it's just so far from everything. That's really the, the downside, but um, beautiful. Right. I mean, like tons of adventures you can do outside and things, but um, kind of, I don't know, an interesting place, though. Not a place I think I could live or see myself settling, you know? Um, I don't know if you felt that way when you'd been in Tasmania. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. So, like, I, I enjoyed Australia. I think... I think I would have, I could live on mm -hmm. the mainland portion, but I don't think Tasmania, because I, I grew up on a okay. farm in North Carolina originally. So yeah, so I was, that's why you know I live right outside New York City now in Hoboken. So I was looking for this city life. Maybe in my older years, I would want that kind of uh, yeah. ruralness again. But currently, you know, I like being around things and, and places and you know, having sure. stuff to do whenever sure, I want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. It was, it was, you know, there's big city, you're near Sydney and everything, but the, the people I found, it, honestly, you know, it, it was, it's very isolated. It's a little like homogenous mm -hmm. and I yeah, found right. people like a little bit closed minded, you know, um, in, a, in a way I didn't expect, you know, you're in a city, it's a major city, but, um, but I don't know. It seems like people, you know, they, they're on an island. They like things the way they are. You know, they're used to seeing certain types of people and with certain experiences. And they didn't, um, I don't know. They just didn't seem to want to, you know, they branch out. They had kind of like preconceived notions of everyone, very, very much like stereotyped all different kinds of people, you know. At least that was my experience mm, generally with us. Right. I'm sure there's exceptions and things. But, uh, but yeah, it was interesting. I don't know. I just felt like maybe it was a little more closed off to the rest of the world than we think you know wow right and, and like you were saying it's so hard to get there they don't get it's not like they're getting exactly. tons of visitors especially from you know they're, they're getting a lot of right, from right. asia i know because it's just an easier right. travel you know experience but you know in terms of all over the world it's a much harder totally. travel trip for people to make you know to go for a week and then and then also you know in terms of you know from sydney to melbourne to perth like bigger cities like that it's not like the United States where you drive right. and, you know, you go state to state, town to town, yeah. city to city. It's like, you know, you drive and then it's like, okay, exactly. now I'm in the outback and I have to die out here. And no one would no know. One know. Exactly. It's so true. And even like yeah. all the little tourist spots, like, I don't know, um, well, Trevor, I don't know, did you go up to um, the Great Barrier Reef at all? 
No, okay. we did not, unfortunately. So, but yeah. we heard, you know, going up to there, I mean, it's, it's already being polluted oh, and yeah. it's already being torn. Yeah. And so, you know, it's so hard to try to get to our natural, amazing things because it's hard for us to, you know, preserve those things that are very beautiful. Yeah, I know. It's true. And even just like when you make your way up there too, like the towns like along the coast are like shockingly small, you know, like it's like they're, they're on the map. Like if you look at a map Mm. of Australia, you see all of these, like, like, you know, big enough where like they're a pinpoint on the map, you know, like Cairns, for instance, it's like the, Mm. the gateway to the great barrier reef. It's just like tiny little town, like truly like think about like your small, like, you know, backyard, you know, kind of rural town anywhere in the U S and that's what that is, you know, and that's like a big point on the map. Like it shocked me. I was like, wow, there's really nothing, you know, no substantial cities outside of like Sydney, Melbourne, you know, like Brisbane, Perth, like you said, you know, but it's it's small, Mm -hmm. you know, it really is for such a big country. There's just not a lot of development. Right. And it's so new too. Me and Trevor talked about this um, recently and how it's just so, so brand new. Like everyone thinks of America is such a young country, which, you know, we are, but Australia is even younger than that by almost half. Yeah. So it's, it's unbelievable. And and just the fact that they have, you know, expanded and have, you know, colonized as much of the country as they had with former prisoners. It it says, you know, (laughs) does, does say a lot, you know, in terms of people. I know. So, it's true. I mean, I guess at the time when people were getting put there as prisoners, it probably made the most sense. Like, all right, everything on this island is pretty dangerous. So if we drop them here, like, <laughs> they can't really we'll do too good, much. You know? Yeah, they, then they keep dropping. <laughs> right, and then they keep dropping people off. Next thing they know, they're like, I know. <laughs> I know. I wonder about put a whole society together. Right. How does that like? How do you go from like a prisoner right. outpost for like the British colonies to like? Uh, what it is today like how did that transition happen i wonder you know like when it opened up where people just like i'm gonna stay here it's nice and we'll try to make something of it you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah no it's so true that's see now you're gonna have me after we get done i'm gonna go and like read something and try to (laughs) find out find that out now be buried in the the internet for an hour um so 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 you were there you said five months and then you came back and that was that wasn't no it was junior year so i had actually spring semester junior year and then all senior year so yeah yeah i had some time to be back and was it how how uh was it depressing coming back and then actually yeah, having to do real yeah, studying it really again? was and you know what, actually the worst part about coming back was you know how the seasons are opposite there so it was like full blown summer there, and then it came back to like full blown winter here. It was very sad. Um, right, that's so true. Especially north too. It's not like you're going back to right. like a Florida where at least you know you get <laughs> exactly. a, a similar stuff. You're going back to brutal, brutal northeastern yeah, winter. Like back yeah, on, on Long Island at that point, you know, and, and back, you know you go like oh from my goodness, yeah, semester in the sun to like living with your parents and you know like the cold New you know cold New York winters, whatever. So. <laughs> It was brutal. Yeah. Right, right. So can I can I, can I ask you a question and we'll get right back. But this is and this is kind of a side note. Why is it and I so I've lived in Hoboken now for three years and I do some work in Long or on Long Island. Why is it on Long Island? Oh good question. Yeah, good question. Well it's sort of like okay, this is a, another aside. So I think because you're standing 
we are on the island. Like you can go on and off the island, you know, like the bridges, you get on, you go off. But right. have you ever heard, this is a side note, and Trevor, you may have heard me say this before, but do you hear New York and New Jersey people? And it's only Northern New Jersey too. It's not all of New Jersey. But when they say, um, you know, I, I went to the store and there was a big line, they say I was waiting online. Versus, I was yes, like, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yes, yes. I don't, yeah. I don't get I, it. I, honestly, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I've said, I always say waiting online. Like that's what I said. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I went, I went to start waiting online for this long. And I still, to this day, like when people tell me, like, why do you say that? That that's weird. Like online is like a computer. Like online is Wi-Fi. You know, but like it does. It's right. You're waiting online. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't, you're waiting I don't hear on... the difference. You know. <laughs> Look, we could just be Europeans so, and just say that so we're in the here, queue. How about that? In the queue works. Like, that's fine. <laughs> well, here's – in the queue, yeah. That's – yeah. But see, here, so here, here's, the, here's the question, though. When you're skipping someone or someone's waiting for you, you're, 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 like, getting in front of them. So you're getting in the line. You're not getting on top of the line. <laughs> we're going away down a rabbit hole I'm just hole saying, right like, you're, on yeah. you're standing on, you know, the ground, which is, like, on, you're online, you know. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just going to say, I'm going to stand online. up for my New York yeah. and New Jersey people here, you know. And I'll just be different course, and say we're in the yes. queue. That's so fine. <laughs> fine, whatever. In the queue. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, sorry, yeah, sorry, I kind of no took, took us another no direction, worries. but yeah, sorry about that. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, go ahead, Paul. Um, well, I was going to ask, uh, sir, um, talk nope, a little bit ahead. about your times, you know, becoming a vet and, you know, what the struggles you went through and, you know, talk us, because sometimes, um, you know, some people may think that vets aren't real doctors, and so... Mm. That's that's a myth that's out there. So let's let's debunk that a little bit. In your yeah. Thoughts. Oh man, I mean, yeah. So I, I guess just to start from like the beginning of things, you know, when you want to go to vet school, you, you have to do all the same prerequisites. Actually, sometimes even more prerequisites, science-wise, than medical school. Like you do bio, you do chem, you do organic chemistry, you know, you do physics, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you definitely have, like, a good science background. And then in school, yeah, I mean, you take, like, anatomy and physiology and pharmacology and, you know, all kinds of things, like, medical-related. And I think, you know, it's different. Mm -hmm. It's a way it's a different form of, of practicing medicine because you don't have – well, there's a lot of reasons. I think one, first and foremost, is you don't have – someone to tell you what's wrong you know um knowing mm. you know, the, the patient can't communicate with mm. you so you're going based on what you know their owner says and that could be completely inaccurate or it can be you know part of the story or you know online and one you know ways to throw you off um but also you know you're working in a like pretty strict financial constraints, you know? So like human medicine, like they, you want to get a test done, you get it done. I mean, there's insurance or, you know, you have to get it done, right? Like it's, it's a human life, you know, you gotta, you gotta do it. But for right. us, like, you know, a lot of times like testing and, you know, what we want to do, what may be best medical practice is, not feasible you know financially or maybe an owner just doesn't want to pursue it or you know it's it's ultimately their decision and so that really like changes the way that i think medicine is you know typically down at least especially you know in our country and so you're working under like all kinds of 
constraints, financial constraints, you know, mental and emotional constraints, constraints of what the animal will let you do. Like there are sometimes I want to do things and like we can't because maybe it's like a really mean dog or like a mean cat. And, you know, you want to do a certain procedure, but you just can't because, you know, they won't mm-hmm. let you or, you know, um, it's just not feasible. Like it yeah. sounds crazy, but it's <laughs> true, you know. So, uh, so there's just like so many different factors I think um that you know play into things and then I think people just don't know you know too like what vet school is or like what you know if you don't have an animal everybody's been to the doctor right like at least once in their life you know what's wrong medication everyone's had a little blood work done on them you go for a physical but if you don't have a pet like you have no idea, you know, and, and especially even if you have a pet, like there are people who have pets and they never bring them to the vet. So they have no idea like what, that we do blood work, that we do x-rays, you know, that we can do MRIs even on pets, you know, like people don't know that. Why would they, you know, they don't, if you don't have a pet, you don't know. So there's just like a lot, a lot of reasons. I think people don't realize the scope of what we do, you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah, no, that's that's really, really interesting, you know, and it makes a lot of sense, you know, in terms of, like, it puts it into perspective, I think, for people, too, that are listening. Like, it's not like you bring your dog in, okay, here's right. your dog's rabies right. shot, have a great day, see you later, mm-hmm. like, and then you wash your hands and you're done, you know, like, that's, I feel like that's a lot of, you know, and, and just people mm-hmm. just being ignorant in terms of just not knowing, right, right. They, like you were saying, why would they? And I think that's, yeah. that's, that's really interesting. And something you said, so all the prereqs and stuff. So you weren't mm-hmm. originally going to school to be a vet, right? So did you have to take yeah. classes to go to get no, into vet school? Or had you already taken a lot of those? So at, at, um, in, in my undergrad, I was like on the psychology track. So I had taken like one math class and like I had actually taken biology for some reason. I took like the full year of bio. So that um, I had like three nice. classes out of literally like I think it was like 12 or 15 classes that I needed. So it was a lot. It really was a lot. Oh, and I found man. like an evening program so that I could work and get experience and also, you know, take classes at the same time. And I have to say that was probably like the hardest year and a half that I had because you're like putting on so many different hats, you know, like I was working during the day and then I was, you know, trying to figure out, is this really what I want? And then also taking classes at night and studying. And so it was like a student by night and like a employee by day, you know, it was crazy. Like really made me have a lot of respect for people um, who work and, you know, earn their degrees because that is some it's serious work. And then like when I hear people who have like kids and they do all that, I'm just like, dumbfounded you know like it's impressive um but it it really was it was a lot but it was a means to an end you know I was like I gotta do this this is what I want you know just trucking along like I had the you know vet school in my mind like I gotta get in you know the eye on the prize this kind of thing and so um yeah so I did that for took like a year and a half though after like all the undergrad that I had it was like another year and a half to do wow classes you know so um so it took a while but you know you get there. Time goes by. Super focused. <laughs> right, right. It, it, yeah, that's. I was gonna say, was there ever a time where you felt like you were just like, I'm done with this. This is too much. Or were you always like you were saying, yeah, like, like you I were really locked feel in. Like it. Uh, you know. And was there anyone there that helped you kind of give you a little, you know, a little pat on the back? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, to you're say, gonna get through I, this. You're gonna be good to go. I, know, I think um, <laughs> my, my biggest like support systems at the time were Ben, my husband. 
uh, my parents and Amy, you know, I remember mm -hmm. telling Amy, you know, she would always just be like, wow, I can't believe, you know, um, all that you're doing, like, you've really got your eye on the prize, like, you can do it, you know, like, you're out, you know, and really just like hearing those that encouragement was like, just amazing. I mean, it really was everything because you need people to tell you, like, you can do it, it's going to be okay, because there's all kinds of like doubt and you know, and just self-doubt and times where you're like, ah, oh, I just, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. Or, you know, can I even do it? You know? And mm. so you got to have those people along the way telling you you can do it, you know? Um, so yeah, it was a good year and a half of, of craziness, but, uh, but you know, it ended, got in, got into school. Yeah. Man, so, <laughs> you know, awesome. It's crazy though. And, and so, Sarah, also, um, that's as Paul said, you know, bringing in your dog, and most people think they should only bring in like dogs and cats, but you also deal with a wide, uh, like array of animals, like throughout vet school, correct? Yeah, yeah, we did. So, um, my main things, you know, dogs and cats, there's rabbits and guinea pigs and you know little little creatures and birds and things i don't really do birds that's not really my thing but uh but little little mammals ferrets i like ferrets um you know those that's that's part of school and then horses are a big part of school and and cows and sheep you know like your farm animals you know um so that's you know certainly part of it but um and tough so where i went to school makes you um you know, or they have you rather, you know, get exposed to everything. So some schools are like, okay, you want to do small animal. That's all you're going to, you know, you learn about everything, but that's all you're going to focus on a small animal. Um, mm. But at Tufts, they, you know, they mm. get you out on farms. They, you know, get you to have all those experiences, which I'm really grateful for in the end, you know, like I always knew I wanted to do what I'm doing, you know, today, dogs, cats, smaller animals and things, but yeah, they, uh, they get you out onto farms different way of life that you see you know totally different animals different people you know oh, sure um completely different different people different areas of the country different parts of this even just massachusetts you know and so um that was a really cool part of of school you know i did really like kind of getting all of the experiences um i mean we had to get those experiences in the middle of february sometimes getting you know out on a farm when it's 20 degrees out is not the greatest thing but uh, <laughs> you know we get through and uh you know we all kind of like shivered and huddled together and hand warmers are, are clutch so uh <laughs> you know uh it was good though it was good in the end Literally, yeah, anything to stay warm. I mean, like, all, literally, right? I would like hover near the cows. Exactly. Like, I would sandwich myself in between two cows and just like <laughs> it's like the warmest place on the farm. Did, did you have to oh, dissect? Funny. No, I want to ask so, you, like, okay, ahead, I want to get to some, some viewers may want to know this. Like, what was the most disgusting or interesting thing you had to dissect or like, um, really get into? Probably so. Um, probably a, our horse when we like, well, like for dissecting at least. Um, a that, whole horse? You're lying right now. No. Yeah. You actually like get into the, like, into wow. the horse. And so that was intense. And like, you know, there's just, there's a lot going on. 
No, we no, talking like we a Clydesdale had... or, or like a Mustang? <laughs> it wasn't like, a what Clydesdale. What type of horse are we talking about here? Yeah, no, this, they're like, they're like, you know, your average okay. kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I think ours was like a thoroughbred of some sort. It was big, but it wasn't crazy. It was like a, a female horse, you know, a mare. So it wasn't like too crazy, but I mean, really it's, it's smelly, you know, and it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are there, how big are the hearts? They're like a like if you hold your hands out, maybe like a foot apart from each other, like that's oh. how the heart the heart will you know fit in your hands. It's solid, you know, it's like a solid like ten. It's probably like ten wow. fifteen pounds. It's insane. Wow. It's really cool though, honestly, and it's it's actually really similar to it's a human a solid heart, heart, which is like made for running, you know. So it's it's crazy. It's cool. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. I did not know that. That's really interesting. Yeah, going so going off of that question, that was a good question, Trevor, because it kind of leads to mine. Like the two questions, and, and it might be the same, but like, what was the most difficult animal animal when you were trying to like to you mm-hmm. know find out what's wrong or to like deal with, and then what was like the most challenging, um, yeah, you know, injury or whatever you know, Ooh, whatever it may have been to deal oh, with. Yeah, so many little things. I I'd have to think. Thank you. Like. Probably for me, like, I think the most challenging things can be like when an animal's in pain and you have to find out where the pain is and, um, and also how to treat it sometimes. Mm. And we have like, you know, our mainstay of like four medications, but that doesn't work for every animal. And then you it, like being able to tell, like, are they still painful? Right. And if they are, like, what can I add or what can I change as far as medications go to make them comfortable? And then like, like I was saying before, like you're going off of, um, you know, an owner's account of pain sometimes too, versus what you might find when you examine them. And so that's really tough too. Like, like I've had owners swear to me their animals are painful and I just cannot, you know, see, find where or, you know, exactly, you know, what's going on and I can't always put it together. And, you know, it can be tough, like trying to get, you know, the right medications to, to, you know, make sure you feel like you're covering them and to make sure, you know, owners feel like you know they're being heard like no i'm telling you you know there's something wrong and and uh, try to figure that out but um but i do i think that those are generally the the toughest or the tough cases too are when you've got an animal who's like you know losing weight and sick and you're pretty sure like there's you know like some underlying like cancerous process but you can't you know find out where like like you do blood work but blood work doesn't always show often doesn't show cancer you know or, or even point you in the direction and so like in a human you would do like wow. a ct scan right like you would just like scan the whole body and you would look you know to find or a human could tell you like oh my stomach hurts or you know this is what's going on and so you can like pinpoint it but that can be really tough <laughs> right an animal right. that's clearly sick and you just don't have like a definitive answer um so you can be like look i think there's potentially some cancerous process going on but I don't know, you know, where that is. And, you know, and you're not going to do a CT scan on every animal. And they're like, they're like $4,000, you know, people aren't. What? They're how much? Right. You got to put them under anesthesia. You got to like (laughs) do the scan. You know, you've got your radiologist looking at things. I mean, that's what it is for us. You know, it's even more for us. That's the crazy thing. Like when we have a procedure done, if you ever like look at a bill you have from a hospital or something, Surgeries for humans are like routinely thirty, forty thousand dollars. Like, 
like big surgeries for humans but like you don't see that cost because you have insurance but for animals like wow. big surgeries can cost like right. let's say five to ten thousand dollars so they don't cost nearly as much but they're all, all out of pocket so people are like oh my god you know i can't i can't do that and it's totally understandable i mean something that's five ten thousand dollars that's that's a huge commitment you know so mm. you know we're oh it's a lot of are there are, are there assurances for there for are actually and they're getting more and more popular now um there's a bunch of different brands of pet insurance and, and companies and things um and so yeah people are getting it more and more i think because well it's great it's good that people are getting it and there's a bunch of reasons i think i mean the cost of care is going up just like in everything else but people expect more like medical care from their for their animals now like they know that blood work can be done they know x-rays can be done they know when their animals are sick that those things will be recommended and they know what they cost and so they're like let me get insurance, you know, it'll cover part of this. And so I think it's great. You know, it lets us do more. Right. So it's right. I was going to say, it gives yeah. you guys the ability to perform, you know, to help out and do more things when somebody has exactly. that insurance, because then they can afford it more than like you said, out of pocket, yeah. five, six thousand dollars. Most people will, which, you know, it's understandable. It's a lot. So. Right. And so, like, I'm sure too, like, just as like a regular doctor, you know, when, when, when that, that those conversations sometimes oh, yeah. have got to be tough, right? It, how was, you know, when you first started to where you are now, like, I, I'm sure this, the conversation is never, never gets easier or whatever it may be, but have you learned like different mm -hmm. ways to approach it, how to approach the owner or depending on the, you know, the age of the animal or anything. And do you give out, you know, recommendations, you know, on things or, uh, you, know, I, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm asking this as a completely, yeah, yeah no, it's a, it's a know, great no idea. It's so changed so much. I think since I first started, like, you know, I'd say, more so you know you come out of school and you've got all you know all your medical knowledge and it's probably like the best it'll ever be in some ways because you're you know you're fresh out of learning it so like you know things as they right. should be black book you know this is what i was taught and then when you graduate mm. you have to learn this totally new sen um language almost so to speak of like how do i translate what i know medically into explaining it to someone um you know in different terms that that they'll understand but so like how do i how do i how, how do i be compassionate how do i be you know understanding and how do i be clear like it it can be hard to explain these things like you know to someone who maybe doesn't have any medical background or who doesn't you know have any experience if it's like their first time their a pet has been through something you know um so it's like you're you learn like your first year out and, and i'm still learning i mean it's definitely not over but your first year it's like this steep learning curve of like how do i explain things to people in a in a way that they're receptive and also, um, you know, grateful and, right. you know, understanding and, and all these things. Because sometimes, you know, you can say something the exact same way to two different people and it's interpreted completely differently. So I'll be talking to someone as in anything mm, in life, right? You know, that's so like true. you're talking to someone and you're like, you're, you literally say the same thing to two different people and one person has no idea what you're saying. Or one person might think, gosh, you're in, totally insensitive. How could you say it? And the other person is like, 
oh yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Great. Perfect. You know? So like you're always <laughs> constantly, every time you like do something, right. like I'm constantly reading the situation. <laughs> like I'm constantly like, okay, this person is a little bit more like serious. So I'm going to be much more matter of fact to my explanation. Oh, oh, this person's like much more lighthearted and likes to joke around. Okay. I'm going to take this approach. And so it's like a constant, um, you know, uh, you're constantly shifting gears and, and trying to, you know, get the best way of explaining it to each person based on the kind of, kind of person they are. And then there's always like the people that like, you just don't connect with, you know, like I just, we don't communicate well, you know, I just can't get my point across to you. And then sometimes that's tough because they'll be like, right. Oh, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really understand that doctor. I didn't really think she did a good job explaining. And it's like, Oh, that sucks. You know, I, I thought I did, but I guess we just don't communicate and it happens, you know? So mm. it's, it's, it's like, it's a crazy job. Truly. There's like a million like <laughs> different, uh, things, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're, you're doing customer yeah. service, you know, you're a doctor, yeah. you're doing every, everything. I mean, you're doing it. It's all, it's totally. all kind of on yeah, the fly. Totally. You got to so, uh, so it's really, else. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's definitely like a multifaceted thing. But what I love about it is I'm always learning new things about medicine. I'm always learning new things about animals mm. who I love. And I'm always learning new things about people, which I really do love. I have to say, like, I like working with people, you know, and that's a big part of the job. So I think, it's cool. You're always, you're on your feet, you're learning, you're, you're doing a lot of, so wearing a lot of different hats, you know? So. Right. Of course. Now, now how many patients slash, you know, animals are you seeing? Like what it's like a, a typical, yeah. like run us through like a typical day for you. So, like you go into the office at what time, and different different your time typical lines. day. We're open from eight in the morning to eight at night. And so, um, I have one day where I work a double, so I'm there eight to eight. I have one day, you know, I go in at one and I'm there till eight. And then I've got a couple like typical nine to five days. So, you know, it's always changing, which I really like. And then I've always got uh, a weekday, like Wednesdays are my day off. I love, yeah, it's so great. You can get a lot of things done. Oh, that's nice. It's nice and quiet and everything. So I get, I get my time. But um, so I really like that about it. It's not like your classic nine to five job, which is great. Um, But yeah, I've got like a good mix of like annual exams. Like, you you know, when you go to the doctor, you get a little blood work done. You know, we do vaccines on our animals. Some some of them are yearly. Some of them are every three years. And then, um, you know, preventative care kind of stuff. Like we, you know, listen to their hearts and lungs and look at their teeth, all that kind of stuff. And then, like, a good portion, probably, like, 60 to 70% of things are, like, sick. So, oh, I woke up and my dog was coughing, or, oh, I woke up and my dog was vomiting, my cat was vomiting, you know. Um, They cut themselves, right? Like, we do, like, surgeries where we repair, like, cuts and scrapes and things. Um, And then, you know, that's, that's a good, that's like a day in appointments. And then every other week I do surgery actually, which is, is really cool. So, um, so like spays and neuters, you know, for your cats and dogs, big, like I'll do lump removals, mass removals. I'll do, um, you know, dental cleanings and dental extractions and things, um, you know, different kinds of surgery. Sometimes like if a dog or cat like eats something silly, like 
let's say a dog eats a sock and it blocks up their intestine or something. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. So <laughs> that is part of it, too. It's cool. That's so fascinating. Like, I can only imagine the, the amount of, like, See, oh different, like, random <laughs> things that you've seen and that continue to see on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> and then, too, right, and then, too, too, with, like, the owner, like, I'm sure there's some owners that are, like you said, matter of fact, they'll be like, yeah, I left home and ate. Right, spot. exactly. And then there's some owners that'll be like, yeah, he's exactly. never eaten anything else and he somehow uh, <laughs> Right, right. And you're I like, wait, what? Like, oh my sure God, yeah. Oh, we have. have you're, you're, this, that's your that story? Okay. One. We had one time this um, and he was like, oh, my dog just ate something off the floor. Like, he didn't know what it was, but his dog had, like, eaten something. Right. So people will like if you catch it right away, it's actually great because we can usually make make them vomit, like actually give them medication to make some vomit and then they throw back up what they ate. Mm. So he's like, I don't know. I think it was like a piece of fabric or something. So we're like, all right, let's like, you know, let's make a vomit. So he's there. It's like him and his girlfriend or whatever. And they're sitting in the room and we make the dog vomit and he throws up a black lacy thong. Right. So we're like, all right, all right. Oh, <laughs> like we're all laughing. It's all good. So then, like, well, dog vomits. They should know what they ate. You know, like they should know, and they can like hopefully prevent it. Well, so what? This wasn't actually me. Right. This was one of the other doctors brings in the piece of underwear, and the woman was like, "That's not mine." Oh God! I know. So like seriously, it was not good, you know. Um, and so wow. I mean, you never know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a crazy thing. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. That's it. Life. That's yeah, so interesting. Like the just a day in the so, just a day in so the yeah, life. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a big one. But there's always like things like that. You you just never know. It's it's fun. <laughs> that's yeah. great that's so funny that's so fascinating Were you, so when you started oh God, performing yeah. surgeries was that like nerve-wracking at first or did were you full yeah that's because that's so fascinating to me you know i just you know i just imagine because yeah i mean even like the most minor thing minor surgery is still a surgery right so there's still so many different things and so it's like I, 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 like, I always think myself, like, I, you know, me and Trevor, we both wrestled in college, like, in pretty common situations. When it comes to anything, <laughs> doctors, surgery, yeah. I can't do it. I'm, like, freak out. I, like, think the worst is going to happen. So I can only imagine, yeah, like, totally. people performing the surgeries. Like, yeah. they're under, like, that's your game day kind of thing, right? You got to be prepared, ready, on, and on your eight. Right, right, right. Like, oh, sorry, <laughs> so I'm having a good day, my surgery. bad. Yeah. You know, like, you gotta be <laughs> Oops, I yeah, slipped. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. yeah. yeah, no, it's true. And, um, yeah. I mean, you know, guests, like, more routine as you start to do more and more things. Like, you pick up on little things here and there, and it doesn't become quite as, like, terrifying like the first time i'll never forget like the first time i did surgery was like in school and you know you're being watched and everything but still like you're just like it's like oh my god you know it's like you're horrified you're like oh my god i can't believe i'm doing this you know and Mm, like it's it's nerve-wracking yeah you know be right here you know (laughs) and even like when you start your job you know everything you do you're like so used to being a student you're like so is someone gonna check this like do I like grade it on this? Like, nope, it's on you, you know. So, uh, right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Is it A, B, yeah, like, C, I or think D? This was oh, a one hundred. I'm going. <laughs> right. 
creature, you know, um, and you really do. And mm. so I actually think sometimes it's right. very peaceful and um, it's sad. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm. It's, it's sad. It's always sad, but it's not the hardest thing, you know? So. Yeah. Of course. And I'm sure. And so, Just and so how long right have here, you been um, yeah. I graduated out of May school of 2019. So far. Yeah. Thank you. And, so congratulations, by the way. And, and so has, that's actually now. Oh my God, yeah. Because you came in kind of right as COVID and everything was going on. Did that change? And like, and like how all, like, because I'm sure, you know, just because, you know, COVID is going on doesn't mean that like animal injuries right. yeah. and, and appointments exactly. and things are yeah. just like, like animals are just like, okay, we're not going to get hurt and we're going to be perfectly fine now. Like, yeah. So like, how did so that change your so, approach and, and what changed in Trevor, the field in general? But um, we do, we call it curbside medicine now. So yeah. no clients come into the building and we do everything with their pets mm. and then we call them and we say, you know, here's what I found, you know, here's what everything looks like and here's what I think we should do. And then, you know, we get approval all over the phone. So what has really changed is, um, I mean, first and foremost, like if I see something I want to show someone, I've got to take a picture and email them. So that's tough. But, um, but like that whole interpersonal like connection, like when you read someone's body language and you like adjust what you say or how you're saying something, which I do all the time. And I didn't even realize, right. I didn't even realize how much you do it until you lose all those like visual cues, you know? Like, um, so that's really tough because I can read someone's like voice over the phone. Oh, for sure. See, like, and if they hesitate when they say something or if they sound, you know, displeased or something, you, you can tell, but I mean, it's really hard to not have the face to face. Um, and right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then with, right, um, you're basing everything off like the animals too, it can be tough. tough. Like, sometimes they're <laughs> a lot more nervous without their owners, you know? Um, and so those things can be tough too, but, um, we've actually been really busy. Um, like I, we thought we would slow down, you know, we were like, Oh, like with COVID, everyone's going to be shut in and they're not going to come to the vet, you know, but actually the opposite has happened and people are home with their pets now. So they're noticing things that they may have not noticed. Um, and they're bringing them in more, um, they are. They're like, oh, you know, I got to bring in my pet. Like, I noticed he, he's sleeping more throughout the day. He's drinking more. He's, you know, um, you know, just not himself. You know, I noticed he's really stiff when he gets up and he seems arthritic, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, everybody's getting a new puppy. Literally. All of America <laughs> has purchased a puppy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, like, adopted a puppy. Oh, for sure. It's a thing. Like I've so done everything and kittens. Oh, more I can only imagine. I don't hate I it. Only I'm not it. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I know. I want a dog so so bad, but I know. Like I no. Let me finish. Let me finish. But. 
because I I know my but I know my lifestyle and I know like what I've like oh, seen yeah. myself doing and I think I I need to wait until I don't want to travel as much and I can yeah. because you know like I don't I don't want to be yeah like, the owner who gets a dog totally. and then like I take the dog out once and then I go out hang out with my friends for six hours like you know <laughs> I, so I think I've, I've matured <laughs> enough to this point Trevor before you start yelling at me Jesus to make that life decision but so the question I will ask you this and your expert yeah. opinion. So there's two types of dogs that I really oh, want to look okay. at getting it, you know, down the road. One is an English bulldog. I think I'd go with the Doberman. Do, from yeah. your pers- what would you go with the recommend? Yeah. Well, well, I guess it, it depends. I should I should have asked you a few more the questions. The Doberman. About okay, and what's the reason why? Because you know it depends on your Health lifestyle. Factors. Like bulldog, you know, more lazy. Like they're gonna sit around the house with you and they're gonna lay on the couch with you and you're not really gonna be like taking them hiking and like adventuring. But your Doberman, um, you know, you can go out, you can right. do things, they'll go hiking, they're more active, you know. Um, so really that's the big question, you know. Who are you? Are you active or are you mm. a guy that likes to sit on the couch, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, that- yeah, I, I do think I'm a very active person, but there's something about an English bulldog that when you come home and he's just chilling yeah. there, hanging out, there, there's no yeah. way I wouldn't like wouldn't smile and be like, you know what, life's pretty good. I'm gonna go hang out. But but at the same time, I just think, you know, I've seen you know yeah. videos of Dobermans running, you know, they run like 25 miles an hour. I'm like, that's yeah, just the dog right, that, exactly. I, I, exactly. I, I want that's the dog I would get is if I had like the yard and the ability to do a bunch of things, you know. Exactly. So that's that's another and reason, why, you know, right. in the city. An English bulldog would be fine. I walk around the block once, totally. walk upstairs, yeah. but you know, exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's a, that's um, all about the lifestyle. Yeah, so it's all about what you want. I mean, at least when it comes to like well you know, if you answer. if you do we'll like we'll an you know, good standard, you know, mixed breed mutt, you know, from from wherever. I mean, I mean, they'll have whatever personality they have, but a lot of times, you know, they're good. They're good companions. They're good buddies, and you can. You know, make it work, but uh, but yeah, big difference between the both. Oh, Sarah, now now I'm yeah. gonna get Come a on, dog. You guys have been playing <clears throat> for a while. You should do it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> 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 it oh no! I mean, you've already got the built-in vet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, exactly. I know. As soon I as, really like as, soon as Amy listens to this, she's I'm, like, well, you said it, Trevor. Now we're definitely getting yeah. on. We're, we're locked in. Yeah, that's funny. So the, the other question I have for you is what, like, for a, a normal, you know, dog or cat owner out there, what is, like, what would be a good vet routine to have, like, for people out there that are either new pet owners or first-time pet owners? Like, what would you recommend? Yeah. Like, bringing them in or like or like what shop and what things yeah. do they absolutely like, what do you, need to get yeah, what are some things maybe so, you know I mean, like you know, yeah just, exams, there you go like when they're puppies, they they need to come in a bunch for exams and and vaccines like we booster them just like in kids you know you get like your first shot and then you come back you know a month later you get your second shot and a month later you get your third so we do the same with puppies you know and um i think like the core vaccines for them Obviously, rabies, rabies, they legally have to have. Um, and so that's that's a big one. But then the other core, I mean, one that's considered core right. is it's called a distemper vaccine. And it's a four-way vaccine that covers four different viruses that they can get from other dogs. So that's a core one. So definitely would do that one. 
And then in our area, I always recommend a vaccine for Lyme disease. Um, because we, I mean, even down in New Jersey, like all of the Northeast, like ticks are just so mm. bad. So, um, we have a vaccine for mm, Lyme disease right. and then we give them flea and tick preventative every right. month. Um, so they're covered there. And, um, I always recommend the Lyme vaccine. Most people, most people do it because they know someone personally, like a, a human, you know, or even a pet who's had Lyme disease and it, it can be really bad, you know? Um, and so most people will, will go for that one, but in the country as a whole, right. like Lyme, you know, it's not considered like a core vaccine in, uh, you know, Arizona, like they just don't really have that many ticks, you know? So, uh, so it really depends on that one where you are. And then, Right. Um, there's one for leptospirosis, which is a, a bacterial disease that they can get from basically wildlife, like your foxes, coyotes, that kind of thing. And um, that one we see in this area, too. So I recommend that one. But that one people will forego. I don't know. People don't feel like, you know, their animals are at as big a risk for that one. Um, so people, you know, kind of forego that one. And then there's one for kennel cough for, uh, you know, basically like upper respiratory thing that they can get from other dogs. And that's pretty much you know, so uh, I'm definitely going to get that yeah. coyote one because I saw yeah, one of those should. the other day. Yeah, <laughs> 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 see, you just talked. You, you're you're definitely getting a dog. You're talking like you have a dog. Oh. <laughs> you literally just said, "I'm definitely." No, get I don't have. Like, there's no time I yeah, right now. Right now, dog. Amy wants a dog. Really Amy is. will get it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it's good. All right, I'm, get, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm about sixty <laughs> forty right now. That's you have funny. plenty of space in your place, though, for one. You know. Mm -hmm, there you go. Mm -hmm. There you just go. Saying. Well, I'll just. All right. After this right. call, we'll talk. Sounds there. Good. Maybe we'll talk. you can give us we'll some talk. tips. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's that's kind of good. <laughs> no, it's gonna. That's so, pretty much it. You know. And, and uh, so so Sarah. You know. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Once a year, yeah. And should they and, and like yeah. for just like normal exactly. checkup stuff, like yeah. once a year, once every six when months, older, like what's the kind of six months, once but, a year? Yeah, you know, depends. That makes sense. Yeah. And, right, right. <laughs> and so now that we have softened you up with all this, uh, all these normal conversation, the the the, the question no, no, that we ask no, everyone, uh, unless Trevor, you have anything else that you want to ask. So, yeah, so the question that we always ask is, and answer it however you see fit, is just kind of, so, you know, where you're at now, you know, who do you think had, or, you know, and you kind of spoke on it a little bit, um, but just in terms of like an impact to get you to where you are now, um, and then as well, you know, to someone else out there that, you know, maybe contemplating, you know, taking the step that you took, you know, what would you be your advice to those people um, that are looking to get into the field yeah, or maybe yeah, even looking question or maybe a little really even I think and, uh, it applies to, to anyone uh, who's looking to like change their career path even you know or try something new but I think like the most important thing and this might be just the most important yeah. thing like <clears throat> as you're growing up or as you're figuring yourself out is to have a good mentor you know find someone who's in the area you might be interested in whether it be a bed or whatever and you know find someone who wants to you know foster your curiosity for a field and go with it don't like attach yourself to them you know say 
you know, your dreams and your, you know, ask them questions and just, just find out everything you can, like be a sponge, you know, literally, like that's what I think I've, mm. you know, spent a lot of, you know, my, my time so far mm. figuring out if I wanted to be a vet and in vet school, like a little sponge, you know, just trying to get all the information I could and asking a ton of questions. And um, I think that that's like, just so important, you know, finding that mentor, finding that guidance, because like experience and just knowledge and, and is everything, you know, so, um, so I think that that would be like my biggest piece of advice and, you know, finding out making sure it's what you really want, you know, and taking that time, like I think so many people in our <clears throat> generation want to, um, want to want to figure out you know want to have all the answers like they want to get that get to where they're going right away they want like the house you know the dog the the family you know you want it all but take the time to figure out if it's what you really want you know um find the person who's going to mentor you but expose yourself to the field and make sure it's it's what you mm. really um what you really want what you really gravitate towards like the kind of people you connect with all that kind of stuff because it's your career it's your life you know mm. um and i think that goes for a lot of things like you know take the time not forever you know not like you know you know too much too long to be kind of like stuck in one place but you know take the time to really make sure it's the right thing you want to do because it's it's a lot of time and it's a big investment too you know um but it's worth it if you you know if you if you put the time in and you get there you know for sure so great answer sarah yeah thanks i've had a no, lot of that's, time to that's awesome that's a really a really a great answer <laughs> yeah great answer and it's, it's <laughs> awesome because i think too like someday you know i'm sure you, I'm if sure. you, you know I'm if you sure. get into this field like you you know trevor as a teacher and you as you know in sales right now paul and everything like you have that opportunity to mentor people when you when you get older too and like that's everything like it comes full circle like i i think about that sometimes i'm like oh someday like maybe i can mentor someone who maybe wants to be a vet and you know isn't sure and i can take them under my wing and you know should tell them what i know and tell them you know my experiences and i can answer their questions you know um because like that's what it's all about you know like i think that's what, what life's all about you know being there for for each other so yeah, no, right. that's awesome. You that's, know? I mean, it's so true, it's right? Full you know, circle. Eventually, I mean, you, you know, get, the, like, the mentor or the mentee becomes life. the mentor for another I young person, mentor, right? That's, you know, like it's and yeah. at some point you're mentored, or or you know, at some point you are taken under someone's wing. You know, hopefully at right. least, and and that is everything. I think. Yeah, no, we had we had a guy on here who who said something that really resonated with me. He said, yeah, you know, so and either, true. what all the knowledge that we have has been learned from somebody, right? Like, you know, when you were born, you know, you, you didn't have any knowledge. So all, everything that you've learned has you picked it up or learned it from somewhere or someone. And then it stuck me because I'm like, you know, you, you think like some things you're just like, oh, I just naturally know that, you know, you're not thinking that, but it just kind of yeah. comes naturally. And then the more you think about it, you're like, no, right. I definitely learned that. I, where did I pick that up? True. Maybe you don't yeah, remember, but I you learned it from a, somewhere or someone or something. You know? so it's so true. So, so true. 
So, man, that was, Sarah, this was oh, incredible. I had so much fun. Awesome. It was great. Super, super fascinating. I am, I can't wait to go back and listen back to it too. Thank so you. thank you yeah, so, thank so you much. Yeah. Yeah. Very appreciate it. Awesome. It. Awesome. Yeah. So it's great. I'll, yeah. Trevor, I expect to see and you Trevor's going to get a dog like, now. So next time. Like new puppies. Oh, wow. The next time you, well, once we get out yeah. of this, Corona, <laughs> we'll <fair> see. <laughs> yeah. The next, Sarah, the next <laughs> time we get you on the podcast, sure. Trev- we, will ha- we will be talking about Trevor's new puppy. So, <laughs> uh, awesome. You. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thank you to the listeners. And Bye. Sarah, thank yes, you so, thank so you. much. And, Bye. and we will talk to you soon. Yep. All right. Bye, Bye everybody.